back, y'all. Welcome to the non-traditional podcast. Episode five. How, how have you guys been doing? I hope good. What's going on out there in the world? Don't answer that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> oh, it's so much. It's, you know, it, it's almost back like how it was in the early days where you're like, don't even watch the news. It's just too much. It really is. It's too much. Um, what What's going on? How was your week? It was so good. I got to go to Rhode Island for two days. I'm so and Maine in my head. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but no, I got to go to Rhode Island. It was so needed. It was just such a good reset um, because I think coming back now, you know, starting to think about going back to work and all of that. It was something that was needed to just breathe. I got yes. to do my nails. Yes. I got my nails I done. you your fresh Manny. Okay. And I just want to say, I'm happy for you. you can Thank you. I've seen your hands as far above the screen in all our podcasting recording times. And meanwhile, you're just like doing jazz hands out here. I see you. You're slick. Uh, it was so nice. It was it, 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 for like... 20 minutes, you got to feel like, even though, of course, it's like mass screens, right. it's so different. The process now is so different just to even get your nails done. But it, it was a nice treat. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. How about you? Oh, yeah. You know, still in this room, as you can see. <laughs> um, as I said last week, I was a guest on The Conversation, which is a podcast that is a part of the Crossing Party Lines organization. And we talked about the death of George Floyd and the riots and just race in America. And it was a really great conversation, much needed, very intense, as you can imagine. And um, yeah, besides that, I've been kind of hunkering down on some side hustle music projects, you know, as one Ooh. does. So yeah, stay tuned. Oh, nice. Awesome. We'll leave a link um, in the show notes of the podcast that Jen did so that you can all take a listen to that as well. Awesome. So what are we doing this week? This is what? Episode five? Episode five of the night. See how far we've come. Uh, it's episode five. Right? Crazy. <laughs> um, to start this episode off, I'm going to answer one of our super fan Charlotte's questions. Hey, Char. <laughs> Because it totally leads into this episode. And her question was, how did you meet? <laughs> this is great because we uh, jumped right into this uh, conversation. So you can kind of get some context. Uh, <laughs> so this all stems from our very great friend, Bree, who is wonderful, but she's a scammer. And she is notorious for getting me to go to workout classes. And uh, one day I went to this class, this boot camp, and it was bananas. And Brie somehow did not show up to this class. So she wasn't even there to watch me roll around on the ground. And we talk about it at the beginning of the episode, but essentially I was literally rolling. And uh, our, our guest this week comes by <laughs> he's giving everybody around me instructions he walks right on by he was like she is beyond saving so that was my first experience and then the second time was much better because that's when i met anastasia <laughs> yay so if you don't know already our guest this week is akin akman he is my coach athletic and life coach really when you think about it he is the co-founder of army which is with two a's um, which is, um, it's a workout facility, it's a program, it's a practice. But um, 
it's been very influential in my life. He has been very influential in my life. And here's a little backstory. So when I was younger, I was an athlete. You know, I did a lot of track and field and, you know, it was just part of growing up. But, you know, as you get older, as you start like noticing stuff, I just... The way my body builds is I build like an athlete. I was one of the biggest girls in school. I was taller than most of them. And, you know, growing up, it's like you want to be the cute little dainty girl who's like running around and doing all the fun stuff. But I was always like the big athlete. And every time we had to do games or whatever, it would be like, Anastasia, carry that person on your shoulders because you're bigger and you can do that. (laughs) And it just got to me. So... I stopped. I stopped being. I stopped running. I stopped doing any field stuff um, because I didn't like the way I was developing as an athlete, and I didn't do it for a very long time. Um, but five years ago, I started getting back into fitness, and you know, you kind of want to lose weight or do all all the things that you know we all start fitness classes for. And I got into a routine that I liked. And I stumbled into one of Akin's classes, and it was just the experience of what is this craziness that these people are doing? But what it did was it reignited something in me that I had left behind. It reignited the athlete in me who liked to be coached, who liked to improve, who liked to get better. And at the time, to- you know, currently it's like I have none of those sort of insecurities of like, oh, you look like an athlete. I'm like, bring it on. Right. Yes, ma'am. Bring on those delts. <laughs> but um, no, he totally reignited that part of me. And he has been a very, very good coach and very inspirational. And as you will hear in the episode, who knows, you know, he was raised that way. He started off as a young athlete himself before he transitioned into being a coach. And um, I hope you take away some of the things that I have from, you know, being his athlete for for over five years now. Man, I love a good origin story. Come through with all this information. Yeah, this is a great episode. Gem after gem after gem. We'll talk a little bit more um, afterwards, but you are going to really love this. And he's going to give you all kinds of tools to put in your tool belt for life, for working out, for being with people and in relation, like everything. Like he just kind of hits on it all. And I I really, um, I'm glad that we were able to chat with him. So I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Everyone always has like a a story of what happened when they could come in and they'll tell me after. I was like, no, I did not think that at all. Mm, mm, mm. A mess. Usually if I don't say anything, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lie. It's okay. I was a hot mess. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I don't. I don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first time, and they didn't tell me nothing. They were just like, "Come, it'll be fun." That's what we tell everybody. It's but right. it's fun. It's it so fun. much fun. It's not that it wasn't fun. It's just that I almost died. <laughs> but it's a memorable moment. Oh, I'll never like, forget it. And like, yeah. And then there's so many moments in life where you don't remember, but like those moments that are memorable are the, they're the defining moment. After that day, I hope you decided to come back. <laughs> Listen, I did actually come back and I had a great time, but I, I, I knew what I was getting myself into that time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with the question that we've been asking everybody to start with. What is your earliest memory 
of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Oh, well, I wanted to be uh, Superman. <laughs> and I had, and I had, uh, well, and Popeye. I had oh, like a, okay. my, my dad bought me like a Popeye, uh, call it doll, I guess. <laughs> uh, and it was like my size when I was little. And, um, and like, I, I would go everywhere with it. I would sleep with him. Um, and then I also had like a Superman, like that was pretty big too. And so oh, like, wow. those are the things that I, I remember wanting to be. Precious. Obviously, I mean, at some point you probably discovered that Superman was fictional character <laughs> and you really couldn't be Superman or you couldn't eat that much spinach anyway to be Popeye. <laughs> but when was your first memory to when you thought, okay, this is my career. This is something I'm going to do for a living. What was that? Well, well I was tennis. So I, um, I was a tennis player since I was five years old. They like my parents put me into a club in Turkey, and then by the by the time I was seven, they they had done all the reading up on like where they had to send me and my sister to become pro tennis players, and uh, and so they took us to Bradenton, Florida, and we started training with Nick Volatari, who uh, trained Andre Agassi and uh, Jim Courier and uh, Jimmy Connors. Maria Sharapova, I don't know if I said that already. Serena Williams, Venus Williams, um, yes. Tommy Haas, like you name it. Um, and so when I was seven, I I wanted to be a, a pro tennis, tennis player. player. I wanted to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty early, though. That's like, I mean, I don't know how many five-year-olds are like, well, I'm going to go be a banker, and then that's what they become. Or, yeah. you know, seven-year-olds who are sort of like firefighter, and then they actually become a firefighter. What drove you? Do you think it was partly your parents and then partly you? Like, what drove you to say I like, think, I think uh, at first it was probably parents, but also we loved playing the game. And then I think it's the atmosphere of IMG, of the academy. You know, all the kids are there to be that. All the kids want to be pro tennis players or or not. And then it became like a big academy where there was other sports too. So everyone wanted to be uh, pro level at their sport. Okay. So it was just this community of people who were like-minded and were just like practicing every day, six to eight hours a day to to be the best. Right. Yeah. Similar to like classically trained musicians where you start really young if you want to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what you know. You're yeah. like, I need to train and uh, and when I practice I excel and uh and then there is a whole mental aspect of it. Uh but you learn all these skills at such a early age and you're so committed and devoted to your sport. I mean it becomes everything. It was like my I- identity. Right. And you're surrounded by other people who are pursuing the same goal. So it's not some sort of, yeah. you know, it's so not you sound like you're missing out. Right. It's not like, oh, I'm missing out on other things. Mm-hmm. But then as you grow up a little bit, then, then that kind of comes into play a little bit. But the academy made it so uh, you could go to school on campus with all the athletes. Wow. Uh, so you didn't have to go outside of campus to like see what normal kids were like doing right uh you know uh because but but some kids did go to school uh there was like a couple of different high schools or middle schools or elementary schools because i was there for for a long time uh that you went to but um but some of them were off campus 
And then those kids started going out and this and that. But like, I was so focused and I'm still like that. Yeah, it seems like a trend for you. (laughs) I loved training so much uh, and I loved competing. Um, And then, you know, then that became my life. I mean, it was always my life. So. Is there something along the way? I mean, this could have happened a million of times, millions of times, but um, that maybe you considered like a failure or that you considered, man, I'll never recover from this that led you to your current success. Is there something where like you would well, not be the person you are now unless you had failed at something? Well, it was uh, exact. I mean, it's, I don't believe in failing because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've rebranded failing to practice. Because mm. uh, if you think about it now, even working out, when your muscles are like when you work your muscles to failure mm. per se they ha- they now have a, a space to grow you know you're basically commanding your body you're like i want to be able to do this and uh and every time you hit failure the next time you come back it's your muscles are capable of holding it longer wow uh, so i don't believe in failure uh it's just like rebranding uh yeah. that word to to be su- success to you because then winning is a habit, but then winning is also a perspective. Because mm. you could you could lose the match, but you could have won what you initially went into Your to get from that goal. match. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's literally a habit, but then it comes down to like that meticulous uh, brain activity, where it's like where what you associate winning to, and what others associate winning to. Because because uh, it when it becomes about, I learned when it becomes about what others associate winning to, then you fail the sense of like what everyone thinks failing is, then you fail right? because you're trying to live up to these things that other people have put. So you don't really value what you value, but now you're doing it for them and what they decided was valuable. Yeah. So when you come, come out of that uh, and you start to become successful. So uh, I mean, the failure, if you were to, see it as a failure is I didn't become a uh, number one tennis player in the world, mm-hmm. which was the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, uh, I had a lot of like moments where I had to come to terms with that and then also come to terms with being a coach. Cause I started coaching when I was 15 and I, ha- I was kind of against it because for some reason as the player, we kind of, we didn't look down on the coaches, but we were like, like people would say, a coach is a failed athlete. Athlete, yeah, yeah, right. Um, so you have to get over all these things that people have put in in your mind, and recondition the mind to like move forward the way you want to move forward. So you have to be okay with with it first. And I was like, I love coaching, and I love what I get in return uh, from it because it's not it's it's not about money or this or that. It's when you see someone so excited that they unlock something that's like that fills you up so this this whole other value came into play and it wasn't about oh i gotta get that one win i gotta win this one match i gotta it's no the whole process is life and the the and then when you find the joy in the process uh it doesn't matter where you are in the process it's just so much fun all throughout of it Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah Ah. and, and and one of the bigger things that happened to get me to like shift is I got hurt. I had two herniated discs in my lower back and I uh and then I hurt my wrist. I had uh internal bleeding of the right wrist and bruising of the bone because I fell. The back was from overuse 
from playing tennis and one one hip was more flexible than the other so every time i would twist for my backhand i put pressure on it and then let's say eight hours of that every day (laughs) it was like and it's it it was also not just because of the movement because i don't think that's because i had been doing that my whole life i think it was where i was mentally Mm. in my life and i was being stressed out easily and i wasn't with my family and this like that all these outside factors were uh, making me stressed. And I think that's when uh, my body reacted. I think a lot of injuries are stress related. And if you read up on it, stress cause, causes inflammation and inflammation is the cause of most uh, disease and uh, injuries and whatnot. So, uh, so when I kind of let the stress go and just, you know, because um, people are hard on themselves. Yeah. You get so... You get so hard on yourself. And then when you're stuck, like in this failing mindset where like, I'm not going to win, then it's, you know, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Right. So I went through all of that and then like clawed away, <laughs> clawed away up and like got my mind right. And, and I was like, I love training. When I look back, I've always loved training and, uh, and I've always been able to make everyone train with me. And I've always been able to tap into people's greatness. And I had a, a, a way with that. Uh, all my friends, I'd be like, let's play water polo. And then they would all come. And like, I'd be like, let's play volleyball all the time. And they would, you know, it's like, yes. they'd yeah. come and, and I'm like, work out with me. So it's like, they, everyone would always come with me and do all these things and they'd excel. You're a national recruiter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and, you know, and it, I did that with every, any sport that I wanted to play. I did that if I wanted to learn how to handstand. I did that if like it was just like I could get people to do these things with me. Right. <laughs> and uh, and at first they would be against it. I was actually talking to someone about this, but at first they'd be kind of like against it. Like, why would I do eight classes in one day? <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, you don't have to do it. You know, we'll slowly build up to it. And then and then finally when the, when people started like doing it they'd be like oh my god i feel amazing i can't believe i did eight classes and then it slowly goes from like this uh unattainable thing to this thing that i do every day and it becomes my normal what i and and everyone who training with me like that every day it's their normal but at first they were like you're crazy yeah you're insane you know and i will and then (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like yes i am insane like i'll i'll take that on (laughs) <laughs> but I also can unlock these things in you through movement. Uh, and then through movement, we can unlock these things in your mind. And then that goes back and forth. Mm. Like as you unlock the body, you unlock the mind. As you unlock the mind, you unlock the body. And, and then it takes it out of being this, you know, I got to build this skill to do a burpee. To I need to lose weight. To like, I need to do this. Like to those little goals that don't really they don't really, they're not really your real goals. Yeah. You know, and then the real goal presents itself. Yeah. And then you see this potential in you in all aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And we just unlocked it through movement. It's crazy. I mean, I do have to say hand to God. The first time I walked into one of your classes, um, it was a spin class. And I thought, he's crazy. like it was just one of those things where especially when you think you're good you know I was like I can spin I know how to spin and then I go into his class and I was like this is not 
what is this? This is not okay. This is crazy. (laughs) But also there's a way that you train and there's a way that you speak to your athletes that's very much you know, encouraging, like even if you're telling us to do the most crazy thing that we've ever attempted to, or even thought of doing, there's a way you say it where it's sort of like, you can do this and you should be able to do this. And that's what kept me coming back. Cause I thought, you know what? I can do this and I'm going to come yeah. back and I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Some people that it works on obviously. <laughs> and then it's funny though. I was just talking about this. Some like other people uh, will be so afraid of it you have to be a certain person that like if someone people are telling you that you're crazy and then that you're dangerous and that you're this and that like that you can just like push away or like let it just bounce off of you and mm-hmm. be like hey that's your insecurity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i never said that you have to do it all at once i'm here to coach you i'm going to build you up to be able to do these things so instead of being discouraged and letting the ego speak and 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 just like downplaying possibility why don't you be inspired and start seeing a potential in yourself that maybe you didn't see before and then put a demand on it yeah wow you know who cares if you couldn't do it the first time i go on uh the instagram lives that we're doing now and uh and we haven't done handstands in forever and uh and i'm doing these handstand push-ups that i used to be able to do that now is like really hard at first but uh but who cares Mm-hmm. who cares all it's not failing it's all practice so every day it's just going to get better and better and what's so cool is that you can watch uh it get better on me and maybe you'll want to uh you know maybe that'll drive you to try so you talk about like a lot of limitations of the mind right that seems like a big theme with everybody i think we can all relate to that but yeah. even like reaching outside of that how do you come up with some of the big ideas like how do you decide i'm gonna have an army of followers or i'm you know what i mean like some people can't even dream that big to do what you've done with your career well uh you you have these things that are in front of you these people that maybe you didn't realize like my coach was always in front of me created this academy and he trained generations of number one athletes generation the gen- the new generation won't even know jimmy connors or jimmy arias and uh jimmy do you know jimmy arias i don't i don't um jimmy arias is uh actually the one who uh we hit this like semi-western forehand called the killer forehand that nick Balateri teaches and it was because jimmy arias was hitting that forehand when he was a kid and Nick was like, that's the forehand that I'm going to teach. That's the best forehand. And it's with this forehand, that semi-Western grip, and you have a loop for racketed speed as you swing. And, and it's just like such a powerful shot. And, uh, and Jimmy Aries is the reason Nick taught that to all his players. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like uh, he was in front of me, but I was blind to it until I, you know, opened up and like yeah. scratched away at what I really wanted to be and stopped uh, focusing on what everyone, uh, you know, everyone says you should value. And I'm like, what do I value? What do I love? Because anything that you do out of passion, you can be successful in. And then that's when, uh, that's when you'll show up with vision and, and that's when you can see further than ever. Ooh. Because it's your, it's, it's your dream. Sunday, it's church. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I was yes. like, I, love, I love training. I love training. I, you know, I missed it because I uh, 
when I moved away from the goal of, you know, being the player after the injuries and everything too, I started coaching and I was coaching tennis like that. And for myself, I also needed to keep moving because I love training so much. So I would go to Crunch in Miami. I used to go to Crunch Gym and take all these classes. Like I would take four or five classes a day (laughs) and then go teach tennis and then go play beach volleyball. That was like my new, that was my new thing in Miami. And then I'd go try to play tournaments still. So I started um, doing these boot camps and uh, spinning because spinning was the first thing I could do after my back injury. So I kind of fell in love with that. And, uh, and there were these great uh, mentors there as well at Crunch that I loved taking their classes. And one day I went and asked this uh, woman who I would take her class, I was like, uh, how do I teach here at Crunch? And she's like, well, um, you talk to me. <laughs> and I was like, great. Well, I don't have uh, the certification. Can you tell me how to get certified for this specific thing? Because I am a certified coach, uh, but I teach tennis. And so she was like, oh, well, you can get certified and uh, it's on Mad Dog for spin. And it's like a one-day orientation. And then you also can get certified for uh, personal training and group fitness through these other things. So I did all of that. But, but, uh, but I was like, in the meantime, if you have anything, you can just call me. I can sub. And so the next day, she called me. So I hadn't had all these things yet. But uh, she was like, I need a sub. So I was like, for spin. So I show up and it was a pool room. and um, and then. I subbed it and everyone loved it. And, uh, and then she put me on, put me on schedule and I had full classes because all those people followed me. And then there are people, uh, they told people and they came and then my tennis, uh, all my tennis people would come and train with me there too. So it was just like a, it just happened like that. And then I decided to move to New York and that was for, for modeling as well. And same, I had You're to. You're a I model. Went to crunch, crunch, what is that about? Crunch, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's another. That's another story. <laughs> so here you are. You now are running, and you're coaching athletes out of your own facility um, with Army. It's a great facility. It's a great training space. What do you think the future? Hold. I always say like I, I always think it's it's limitless what it can be. Um, I get inspired by literally everything, positive or negative. Like I can like turn any negative into a positive, and it can be happening for me. So just um, on a tangent, because you've mentioned something like this before throughout our conversation, and. It's something I have not seen in a lot of people. It's helped me a lot because in my own career, trying to grab all these things that you say and like change the negative into positive, where did you learn this? Like, is this something that you just over time developed, but you have this sense of just, you know, I'll come to you in class and be like, I'm tired. And you're like, nope. <laughs> you know, just, it's something, do you, did you learn that? Like, where does that come from? You, you learn it. You, un, you unlock it. You actually like unleash it. It's really, it's really powerful. It's, it's, you catch yourself in those moments because we all have all the thoughts. We all have all the feelings. And, and then the, the, the feelings that you feed become you. They, uh, they show up in, in what you're able to do and what you're capable of and what you're able to see. Uh, even before you see it. So, uh, so I made sure that you never limit, like, as soon as you say, uh, I'm tired, or I can't, you're like, No, yes, I can. Of course, I can. 
I can. And then, and then you prove it and you prove it and you, and you step into it and you take action and it's not just words, uh, but you're telling the story that you can and, and you have to understand that, uh, it's not, it's not like you're born with, uh, you know, a positive or a negative outlook on life. It's just what you're conditioned to do and you can recondition the mind. Right. Uh, and it's just, it, it might, it's easy to say it now, but there was a point where I, I was also frustrated. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's all in my head. Thanks. You know, it's not in my head. Like I, I'm doing everything I can. Like, you know, and it's like, and yeah. I'm not winning. Um, you live it, you live it. And then it, something clicks and you're like, okay, I'm not going to give power to the bullshit because nothing has power over me unless I give it permission. And it's the same with your thoughts, you know, and it's the same with your thoughts and it's the same with people, you know, and, and then you realize even if it's a negative energy, like, uh, what's happening can be, uh, classified as very negative, but you can, you can turn it into a positive for yourself. You can take that energy and apply it to good. Would you, um, would you ever consider coaching? Like when I say coach, I know you coach, you coach every day, you coach your athletes every day, but would you ever consider coaching, um, you know, another seven year old coming up trying to be the next world tennis player? Would you ever consider doing that? Oh yeah. Well, I just have a, a niece that just got born. <laughs> well, she has first dibs. <laughs> oh my gosh. How old is she? She's a baby. She's, She's like 15 days. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to have her swing. <laughs> <laughs> She's so strong. She can already pick up her head. <laughs> she is. She has the gene. <laughs> she can turn right. She can turn left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the fam. Oh my god! I can't yeah. wait for her little baby racket. <laughs> it's gonna be so cute. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what advice would you have for someone who, and it doesn't have to be an athlete or someone who's looking to be an athlete, but just you know anyone else coming up trying to start a career? What have you learned? Like, and what advice can you give them in terms of? persevering, sticking with it and, you know, being successful. You know, I, I think that's the biggest part. I think that's the biggest part. Don't ever let go of the things that you love, that you're passionate about. If, if one thing didn't work out and you've committed your whole life to like a sport like I did, uh, that skill is not, uh, is not trashed. Like if, if the original goal didn't present itself, there is a, like you're going to have to look deeper because there's a, a bigger goal behind that, that maybe you didn't look at or that you couldn't see in that moment. Because as you live, as you go through the process, you unlock, you unlock yourself and you unlock your vision. And, and sometimes it's clouded uh, and you're going to have to go through it. You're going to have to go through the challenges to come out with this new mindset. And it's not given it's earned and you're going to have to stay positive through, through all of it, you know? And, and I wouldn't even say like, don't, I don't even want to say don't be so hard on yourself because sometimes that's what you need to do to get to where you're going to be. Everything that's happening is happening for you. Uh, you won't understand it, even if I say it right now, but, but as you start to, if I put that in there, it'll start to like kind of churn in your mind and then eventually you'll get there. But, 
but uh, but you're going to go through it, you know, on your own. And there can be people that help you kind of process things and and talk talk to you. But at the end of the day, it's gonna it's got to have to click for you. I kind of speed up that process when I coach because I put movement into it. And for me, when I put movement into the uh, the mentality that I'm also teaching, the philosophy that I'm also teaching, it connects and clicks quicker because uh, because it becomes your habit quicker. Yeah, I, I want to know, you may have touched on this from a lot of what you said today already, but what does abundance mean to you? Whether you're there now or what does the ultimate idea of abundance mean to you in your life? Like, you know, just I'd love to know from somebody who outwardly is very successful and it seems like you have this inward presence as well of happiness. But what does mm-hmm. abundance, what would that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, abundance is is being able to look out into your life and and see all all that you have. A lot of people love to focus on what they don't have, and and I encourage you to look at and, and see what you have because I'm sure you have a lot, and that's abundance. Uh, right. Even your, your breath, even the fact that we woke up this morning, the fact that we can move and we have our limbs, uh, yeah. the fact that we can think and that we can adapt and and that we have a chance to, to evolve. Uh, and every day, if you look at it that way, you have such an abundance. Uh, and, and we get so caught up with what we don't have and what we haven't done. And like, just live. Just live. Yeah. Just live every day and, and, and be your best. And stop yeah. worrying about uh, every little thing. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think I, I learned that a long time ago. Um, because even when I, I mean, I've been teaching and working, uh, on my own since I was 15 and I would live paycheck to paycheck, you know, and I literally, I was like, Oh, if I want to make more, I can make more. You know, I have the skill, mindset. I, I have the skill. And if I, if I need to, I'll figure out a different way. If I need more, mm-hmm. there was a time in college where I went to college and, and I, the coach offered me a scholarship, uh, but I was hurt. Uh, and I, when I went in to college, that coach that offered me the scholarship that knew I was hurt was let go. And another coach came in and he was so hard on me, which was fine. But, you know, I had just gone through this injury where I couldn't even walk and it was like a stressful period. So then I lost that scholarship because of that coach. And, uh, and you know, I had to pay for school now. So I became a Florida resident. Uh, and that like made the price go way down. <laughs> and then, cause I went to school in Florida and then I needed to pay for a room and board. So I became an RA and then, uh, I was coaching tennis and, uh, I needed to come up with like three grand in, um, in like two weeks to, to be able to pay for the courses, um, on top of everything that I'd already done. And so I, I had a friend or my parents had a friend whose uh, girlfriend was this mortgage broker. And I was like, can I work for you? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. I was like, can you teach me? I said, I don't, I know, don't know anything about it. <laughs> and so she, she taught me and, uh, and I, I became a loan officer for her. And I did this one thing and one loan and I made the 3000 and paid the school. And then I never did it again. <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> but, but, you know, like you can figure it out. Like if, Mm -hmm. if, you know, if you're open and I actually wasn't even stressed about it, like, because I felt like, okay, if I'm supposed to stay here, I'll figure it out. Like, I'm not going to sit there and wait for it. 
but I'll go and, and I'll go and try to figure it out. Even like, you know, I love graphic design, which I studied. Uh, and then it helped me later on as I was building my brand. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, so it's like, you don't know what, uh, you know, what's going to come of something, but as you live, as the process continues, it all makes sense. And you're, yeah. you're always in abundance. And if you have that mindset, you just start to have more and more and more. Uh, but it's because you're giving everything you have to, to the moment. You're like, I'm, mm-hmm. in, I'm invested. I'm committed. I'm going to show up no matter what. And I'm going to, I'm going to have hope. I'm going to have faith that it's going to, it's going to work out. I mean, you know, even in this uh, thinking about like everything that's happening now, um, we were about to close on a couple of spaces because our space right now for the facility for army is a pop-up and, um, and we were going to close on these couple of spaces and they fell through and it didn't work out. And, uh, and what a blessing because right Right. now, right now we would have been under construction and all of our, all of our money would have been, held up in that and uh and that you know it's like at the time it was like why isn't this happening but then Mm -hmm. but then life shows you why that wasn't happening and Mm -hmm. and that there was another path for you and you know and and it starts to bring out what's necessary and what you need to really focus on Ah, that's perfect challenges that's so perfect so that's my ab- abundance speech. Uh, I'm ready to go run a marathon right now. now I know. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I'm just going to turn this off and do a couple of push-ups. Right. I don't understand why you guys aren't holding a handstand while we're doing this. But... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm in my L- so... L-sit right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's so funny because when we were thinking of doing this, I was like, I need to make sure I at least do a class because <laughs> if I come on, he's going to look at me and be like, oh, you've done nothing today. <laughs> You're like, here now, he knows. <laughs> this was really great, Akin. Like, thank you for all the words of wisdom. And it's really important, I feel, for people to see because, you know, especially in my line of work and your line of work too, it's, there are certain careers where... I think people go into them and the first roadblock they hit, you know, they're sort of like, well, that's it. Yeah. I'm going to go, go do something more practical. They give up. You know? Well, yeah. They I've give been talking up. to that actually. I've been saying, you know, everyone wants to do, to be you and like do what right. you do and have your career uh, and be in your position until they realize what it takes to be in that position. Until right. they realize the amount of work that's necessary to even be to at do it. Yeah. So it's like, and not just do it, but how many unlocks you've had to have to handle that kind of work. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a process. It's a process. And, and a lot of people don't realize it. They, re- they don't realize it or they're too afraid of they're afraid. what. They just want the, the glamour. Well, yeah. People don't want to do the work and they, yeah, they don't realize that that's part of the process. Like yeah. part of what makes you feel so good about what you do is because you have done the work and you know you're able. Yeah. And just because one thing doesn't work out doesn't mean that you can't take another path. Exactly. But you wouldn't know that if you got the easy way in. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah. No, it's 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 really great to like listen to that and see all your trials and tribulations and yet you're still the best coach out there. <laughs> Thank you. Except Thank for you. when you make us do the handstands. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like I saw 
We haven't climbed up a wall since Bandier <laughs> Fifth know, Avenue. I know, because there was no wall. <laughs> and I was like, was what is mirrors. he making us do? There, there was only mirrors. And I was like, I can't have them climb up mirrors. That's <laughs> not mirrors. safe. That's not safe. I don't want to know what it means to climb up a wall. <laughs> it's just go, going into a handstand. Yeah, you know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you're in a plank and then That's you walk you your now. legs up a wall. That's what you say now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then he'll have you upside down and you're like, yes. Two seconds ago, you said you were going to go run a marathon. I know. What happened? <laughs> what happened? I'm, I'm a fraud. I've been called out. <laughs> See, this is why I have to have you uh, apply it before I talk about it. Because that's, that's, that's when I know you're going to do it. <laughs> Man, he's making us really do the workout here on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> oh my God, you're the best. Thank you so much for chatting Thank with us. You. Yeah. Thank you. This was really great. So friends, it's confirmed. Jen is running a marathon. Oh God. I I literally keep forgetting. It's funny. We're five episodes in and this is when it actually happened. And somehow like I played myself really. I have only myself to blame. I just, I love her reaction every time. I love Jen's reaction every time. It's because she truly does forget she's running this marathon. (laughs) And then every time I say it, she's like, no lord it's because it's not happening y'all it's really cute that y'all you know are cheering me on for this fake marathon it's gonna happen i am still mourning the fact um so new york roadrunners made it official the new york marathon has been canceled for 2020 which was i was signed up for um we'll hopefully get to do it next year and uh, you know my my thoughts are pretty much any race is canceled for this year so we will just have to carry on till next year when jen is going to run the 5k allison roman's going to run the 5k with us and then we'll transition into marathon it's going to be great yeah i for one am truly devastated about the all the races that have been canceled so moment of silence there um anyway so this episode (laughs) was fantastic one of my favorite moments of the episode was when akun talked about the feelings that you feed become you. That hit me. Because look, we're living in this crazy world. Um, It's not new that the world is in chaos, right? And you can choose to take the things that happen to you um, as negative or positive, and you can learn from them. And if you lean into that positivity, you can really become those things. And that is something that I think I knew, but the way that he was able to articulate it hit me. I totally understand what you're saying. You know, I think the way he teaches and the way he um, runs his practice is everything that you need is inside of you. He just uses movement to help facilitate your growth. But anything that you need, anything that you might want, it's all inside of you. And I think a lot of times we look outside for external cues to kind of build ourselves up when truly it's all in there and you just have to unlock that, you know, feeling or that motivation. And I think that's what has has made him so successful as a coach. It's always based on the person. It's not some sort of methodology of like, oh, you got to do this, 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 and this, and then you win. It's all inside of you. And you can choose to feed those different parts of you because we all have them. As he said, it's like you have the good parts, you have the bad parts, and it's 
what do you decide to feed? Yeah. That's what grows. Yeah. That unlock thing got me too, man. I felt like it was like, a, he, he made life a video game. And I feel like anytime you're really like kind of moving through life the way that you should, you are kind of like, okay, what's the next move? What's the next strategy? And it's kind of, you make it interesting for yourself. And that unlock made me feel like you were the boss of your own game. You're just like, okay, level up, level up. He just really killed those analogies. And I think that's what makes him so successful and that he means it. You know what I mean? He's experienced it as we talked about in the episode in his own life. You know, he wasn't always that cool that we see now you know what i'm saying so um yeah great episode i i've definitely listened to it a couple of times to get me amped up for my fake marathon and i'll continue to listen to it throughout 2020 yeah it's, there are so many gems in there and i hope you guys enjoyed that episode um so jen what are we what are we up to this week other than sitting at home <laughs> right so we still out here um in these bedroom streets uh yeah like i said i'm hunkering down on some side hustles i'm so grateful for this pro tools and mic setup that i have from last year um that i didn't really use i kind of love like speaking of leveling up i kind of leveled up my setup last year and was just running around new york city too much to actually use it and so now i'm actually able to hunker down and send audio and everything and work on stuff like this for people uh so I have uh, some side hustles that you'll have to stay tuned about. Doesn't include any wigs, although I did order more wigs. There's three different wigs on the way to my apartment right now. She wears wigs, folks. I'm a wig girl. (laughs) She wears wigs. What are you up to this week? We might have mentioned this before, but maybe not. So non-traditional was always built as a seven-episode seasonal show. That was always idea to, because again, For Jen and I, this is a side hustle. It's something we love to do and we're doing it on the side, but we have work as well um, in quote unquote, the real world. But we have enjoyed this so much that it's time to start prepping the second season. And I'm super excited to start that prep this week. We have two more episodes left in season one, and I'm super excited for what season two might bring us. And I really am excited to bring this beautiful audience that we've built along for the ride with us too. So that's what I'm going to be doing mostly this week. I'm also going to start, you know, prepping for what will be the restart of my industry and how we're going to be dealing with that going forward. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a very busy week. I'm kind of sad that season one is coming to an end. I know. I know. It's like, just, but at the same time, I'm so proud of what we've done. You know, starting this in January, I think I gave myself a lot of excuses of why I probably would not finish this season. And to see that we actually did it despite the pandemic mm-hmm. um, has actually been very inspirational and is giving me the kick to keep going because I have really enjoyed doing this with you, Jen. Oh, Stop! I was just about to roast you and then you got sappy? All right, I guess we could leave it there. (laughs) Yes, we can. So um, if you're listening, thank you so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe, leave us questions, you know, do all the fun stuff that helps this community grow. Share it with your friends, share it with your loved ones, you know, repost us on Instagram, whatever you do, whatever the kids do this day. Can we be on TikTok? Is that a thing? I, I have to go. I'm, okay. I'm calling out old from TikTok. I can't. <laughs> so. Thanks for joining us this week, and we will see you next week. Bye, y'all. Non-traditional is produced and edited by me, Anastasia. And our theme song is Wildfire by Esabalu, and you can find it wherever you purchase music. You can find us on Instagram at non, that's N-O-N-E, underscore traditional, and Twitter at traditionalpod. 
Subscribe to our newsletter on our website and keep up to date on all things non-traditional. 